Welcome to the Eczema Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Julia Chen. I'm here to help you heal your eczema naturally so you can finally live your best damn life. Many years ago in my own eczema healing journey, I was stuck and confused on how to heal my skin. Fast forward to today, after many lessons learned and lots of trial and error, I'm now living my best life and traveling the world with clearer skin. If you're an eczema or TSW warrior who desires a life of food freedom and is wanting to heal your skin without steroids while using mindset and manifestation as a tool, you're in the right place. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We actually skipped a week and this is the first time in seven months. I mean, I started the podcast back in, was it February, I believe, that I've actually skipped a podcast episode. And if you guys know me, I'm very, very consistent when it comes to my content, even what I I put on Instagram. I'm always banging things out like every other day, sometimes every day. And this is the first week where I actually was so overwhelmed in a good and good and bad way that I just could not even have time to record a podcast episode. Which is probably a good thing because I kind of have a biggish life update that I want to let you guys know. And of course, you guys are, for those of you who listen to me on my podcast, you guys are like my family, my besties. And I always like to share the behind the scenes on my podcast versus on my Instagram stories and Instagram in general. So the reason why I skipped last week's episode, and by the way, you guys, I'm not trying to say that I'm always on time with everything. But for the most part, I usually like to make sure that I release my podcast episodes every week. But the big life update is that I have decided to leave Colombia. So for those of you who don't know, before leaving Canada back in April, my plan was to travel all of Latin America and explore Nicaragua, go through Costa Rica, and eventually end up in Colombia where my best friend lives and I was going to live there and basically just have that as my home base while I travel the rest of South America was a plan. So what had happened you guys is that over the past couple months I actually met someone while traveling and I've been kind of keeping it low-key because we've been in separate countries we haven't been really hanging out together we basically met when we were traveling and then we both had to part ways. I ended up going to Colombia. He went to Mexico. So it was this whole thing where we were just, you know, talking and it wasn't really anything until recently we actually made things more official. And the whole reason why I went to Rome and Greece was because I'm actually with him and we are traveling together now and we're basically planning to just be on this side of the world. So Europe, and he actually lives in Asia. So after we travel Europe, we're going to go probably hang out in Asia and kind of see how things go. So anyways, I don't want to say too much because this is all like pretty new. But for those of you who are like wondering, oh my gosh, Julia, you've been traveling. You're like worldwide. Like you're literally everywhere. Like what's going on? So this is basically what happened. And obviously this is decision wasn't made very lightly it would it took many many months for me to be like okay like this is happening and I'm going to be leaving Colombia and being on this side of the world in Europe so I'll I'll give you guys more of a life update later on but basically this is the plan now Uh, we are staying right now in Crete which is a very beautiful island in Greece and that was his original plan 
And now we're here for the month and we might even stay for another month just because we just love the vibe here. And then after that, we are going to go to Thailand, possibly. <laughs> Everything's really just up in the air right now. But the life update is that I'm now in Europe, no longer in South America. That being said, I will definitely want to go back to that side of the world eventually. There's so many different countries that I haven't explored yet. Like I want to go to Peru. I want to go to Chile. I want to go to Argentina. There's so many amazing places that are on my list. I know that eventually I want to go. And I have a lot of friends that I made while, um, while I lived in Latin America. So I definitely want to go visit them. But yeah, for now, we are in Europe, we're in Asia, and then maybe some at some point, <laughs> you guys will see him on my stories, but we're just keeping it low key for now. But anyways, for those of you who are like my followers on, on my podcast, that's basically the update. And yeah, I was in Rome last week. That was a lot of fun. We ate so much pasta, had a lot of wine, did a lot of shopping because Rome is the spot where all the nice stores are. So there was that. And I was kind of MIA because of just exploring, honestly, the city and being in a different time zone too. Most of my clients and when I post content, it's usually in like the American time zone. So it's a little bit hard to navigate this right now, but it's not too bad. It's like an eight hour difference between Greece and some of the time zones like PST, EST. Anyways, and then um, there's this whole situation when I was traveling from South America to Rome. You guys may have heard about me talk about it this on my stories, but man, it's been a nightmare just like flying everywhere and flights being delayed, missing flights, luggage goes missing. I'm like sweating, running around the airport, trying to figure out how to get to Rome because my flight to Rome got missed and it was this whole thing. And my travel day ended up being over 28 hours. <laughs> and then when I got to Rome, it was just like three in the morning. Anyways, it was just a lot. I think also too, um, over the past three months, I've probably moved locations like five, six times. So it's been overwhelming. But at the same time, there's other things that are going on like business-wise and, and personally as well. So all trying to stay grounded. But you guys always hear me say like, I feel the most ungrounded when I'm all over the place. And even though traveling is amazing, it looks all fun and games and rainbows and unicorns and stuff like that. But it's a lot on me mentally just to not have like a space to really settle down. So that's why we had decided to stay in Greece for two months just so we can get back into our routine and go from there. Anyways, that's the life update. A little short one. I feel like I could go on and on. But um, for those of you who are like new to my podcast, you're probably like, mm, I don't really care. Like, just just give me the episode, <laughs> episode topic. <laughs> so let's get into today's episode. And I'm finally feeling a little better now, now that I'm a little bit more grounded to get back into our usual routine of the weekly episodes. So this week's episode is going to be all about prebiotics and probiotics. I'm going to be talking about the difference between the two and why it's important to include both of them in your diet and also in your supplement routine if you want to be able to support your gut. Now, in previous episodes, I've talked about why healing the gut is really important because there's a big connection between the skin and the gut. If you check out actually episode 26, I talk all about how to heal the gut. Now, one of the ways of healing the gut is eating enough prebiotics 
and including probiotics in your diet as well as in your supplement routine if it is necessary. Now, the difference between prebiotics and probiotics, so prebiotics are basically food for the live bacteria, aka probiotics. So think about prebiotics as the foods that you eat. For example, prebiotics often come from foods that contain fiber. So when we think of fiber, a fiber usually comes from fruits and vegetables most of the time. Otherwise, you can get fiber from beans and legumes. So think about chickpeas, black beans, kidney beans, things like that. Those are good sources of fiber as well. So when it comes to including prebiotic foods in your diet, you just essentially want to eat more more fiber. (laughs) The more fiber that you can get in your diet, the better it is for your gut. Because the live bacteria, so your gut basically has trillions and trillions of bacteria, the good and the bad, okay? Now, the good bacteria is what you want to feed, and it needs food and fuel in order to thrive in your gut. And if the more that it thrives in your gut, the better it is for your gut healing and, of course, for your skin healing as well. So when we are feeding the live bacteria with prebiotic foods, P-R-E, This is when you want to diversify your meals as much as possible. You want to eat lots of vegetables and lots of fruits. The more color you get in your diet, the better it is. Now, when it comes to prebiotic foods, there are specific ones that are the highest in the amount of prebiotics. And some examples of these high prebiotic foods include foods like onions, garlic, asparagus, bananas, apples, dandelion greens, oats, and artichokes, for example. So these foods are considered to be the highest in amount of prebiotics. So if we can include these vegetables into your diet regularly, or just, you know, do your best in trying to incorporate it into your meals, then that's going to be very, very, very helpful in giving the gut bacteria the nutrients that it needs. So these are the forms of fiber that feed the friendly bacteria in your gut. And when it comes to preparing these foods, I'll I'll create a different episode for this. But if you can just cook them in your meals, saute them, or, you know, just incorporate it into your side veggie uh, types, then, you know, that's a great way in including them into your meals, either for lunch and dinner. Of course, like when it comes to fruits like bananas, Um, You can have them as a snack itself, or you can blend it into a smoothie, which I love doing, especially in the summertime that we're in right now. Okay, so that's all about prebiotics. We want to make sure that we're eating these regularly, especially when you feel like you have gut issues or if you feel that your gut needs more support. Um, Instead of jumping on a supplement, start adding these kind of foods into your diet, and that's going to help with the gut healing process. Now, when it comes to probiotics, this is the difference, as I mentioned earlier. Probiotics are basically live bacteria that requires prebiotics in order to thrive. Now, probiotics come in different forms. Um, Of course, most of the time when we think about probiotics, we think about the actual supplement, which we do recommend when it comes to eczema healing. However, you can actually get probiotics from food as well. So probiotic foods usually come from foods that are fermented. So think about yogurt, sauerkraut, kimchi, miso, kefir, 
kombucha, what else, tempeh, which is a, a fermented version of tofu. They actually have live bacteria in them because of the fermentation process. So including these probiotic foods are really great as long as you pair them as well with your prebiotic foods because they work hand in hand. That being said, when you're dealing with eczema and inflammation, sometimes eating probiotic foods is, isn't enough. It just isn't enough live bacteria, especially when you're dealing with a chronic inflammatory condition. That's why we often recommend probiotics because it's more potent. It's a therapeutic dose that you're taking. So when you're incorporating probiotics into your lifestyle, um, it could be important to also take it into a supplement version as well. That being said, I'm also very cautious when it comes to recommending supplements just because everyone's body is very different. Not everyone can tolerate supplements, especially probiotics. We have some clients who, for example, when they take a specific probiotic, they itch from it. They notice that their flares get a little bit more severe. And that's because there are certain strains that are not ideal for eczema. For example, there is a particular strain in some probiotics called the lactobacillus bulgaricus. I think I'm saying that right. This is the um, bacteria that actually can cause excess histamine release. So what happens is when, not everybody, okay, then when some people with eczema, they take this particular strain of probiotic, they notice that their skin gets a lot itchier. So that's one thing to look out for. But for the most part, when you're selecting probiotics, of course, I always say go to a practitioner, go to someone who's experienced in supplements to recommend the right strains for you. But in research, there are a few studies that have shown certain strains of probiotics are helpful for eczema. For example, the bifidobacterium strains and the lactobacillus. So when I'm actually selecting probiotics for my clients, I'm always reading the strains and the species just to make sure that, you know, they're the right ones. Um, we never want to select ones that aren't helpful because there are good research talking about lactobacillus and also bifidobacterium. Those are the types of probiotics that I'm looking for, especially lactobacillus rhamnosus that has been shown to be helpful for eczema, as well as the bifidobacterium longum. So those are the two I usually look out for. Of course, there are other ones as well. For example, one of my favorite brands is the brand Megaspore, which is great. But if you actually look at the ingredients, they don't use lactobacillus or bifidobacterium. There's only actually five strains of the, it's called bacillus. And I really like this one because of how effective it is in the gut. So oftentimes some probiotics don't actually make it into your gut. Because your gut is acidic, um, the harsh environments in your gut tends to kill off some of the good bacteria, including the probiotic types that you're taking. But with the bacillus spores, how they are created by the mix spore is that they actually allow to remain in your stomach and your gut in order for it to do its job in repopulating the gut and healing the gut. So this particular brand I really like. I don't usually recommend brands. I'm not affiliated with them by any means, but it's just something to look into that when you're selecting probiotics, it's not just about lactobacillus strains or just the bifidobacterium. It's looking at the studies. It's looking at the ingredients and the formula. And it's also about looking at the colony forming units. You'll often see this on a probiotic. It's abbreviated as CFU. And it's basically just how probiotics are measured. And keeping in mind that just because the number is high 
Like you'll see products, they say, oh, like 50 billion, 100 billion, 200 billion, like this must be great. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean it's good. A good example of this is Megaspore again. Like theirs is not a high number. I believe it's 5 billion. So that doesn't mean it's bad, that is low, but it's about the way that the probiotics are made and how effective it is in the gut. So that's what I want to say for the episode on prebiotics and probiotics. Of course, there's a little bit more when it comes to probiotics, but the general idea of this episode is to let you know that there's a difference between the two. One of them is what feeds a good bacteria, the prebiotics, and then the probiotics are the actual live bacteria itself that you can get from food and supplements. And prebiotics mostly come from fiber, or it is a type of fiber basically, and you get this from your vegetables and fruits and beans and legumes. If you have any questions about this episode, feel free to message me on Instagram at juliachan.rd. And also, by the way, you guys, please, please, please leave us a review on Apple iTunes if this episode or any of the episodes you found helpful for you. This is the only way that the podcast is going to grow organically. And if you leave us a review, we will send you a free eczema visualization to your inbox as long as you screenshot your review and send it to our email at hello at juliachan.ca. And of course, if you're looking for support, if you need help with supplement suggestions and diets, mindset and manifestation and all the things when it comes to healing eczema, this is what I do inside my coaching program, Clear Eczema. We do group coaching, but we also offer one-on-one coaching as well. And this is exactly what I love doing. And it's my passion to help you heal your skin naturally without using steroids or any kind of restrictive dieting. Right now, we're taking three spots for one-on-one coaching. I've opened up new spots because my recent clients just had finished with me over the past six months. And once these spots fill, then I will be no longer taking clients until 2024. So you can apply for the program at the show notes below and hope you guys have a good rest of your day and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Now, before I let you go, I want to let you know I have this amazing eczema visualization. This visualization has helped me so much when it comes to manifesting eczema healing, healing flares faster than I can ever imagine, reducing the itch and just feeling great in my body. This is the exact same visualization I use for my own healing as well as my client's healing as well. And if you want to receive this visualization, then all you have to do is leave us a review and tell us what you think about the podcast, screenshot it, send it to your email at hello at juliachin.ca and you will receive the visualization to your inbox. I look forward to seeing your review and we'll see you in the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,